Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. We are continuing this series, as Matthew said, first things first. So how can we start 2022 in a powerful way to be everything God wants us to be? And an important part of that is putting first things first. And so that's what we've been talking to you about. Last weekend, Pastor David talked about uh, reading the Bible and how important having a steady a diet of, of Bible reading in your life is. It's really important. Some people call these disciplines or practices or habits for followers of Jesus. You can use whatever term uh, resonates with you the best. It doesn't matter the term you use, but there are practices of life, habits, that are part of the spiritual journey that help us to grow in our relationship with Jesus. And so we talked about Bible reading last week. Today we want to talk about prayer and how, uh, how we can pray in such a way that it, it develops our relationship with God. It deepens our relationship with God. It's an important part of our spiritual journey is how to pray. And Jesus actually had a section where he taught his disciples had to pray. We're going to look at that in just a second. Before I was that, I was looking uh, this week at some of the ways to start your year in prayer. There's some prayers that are good, you know, beginning the year prayers. One of them is this, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the ability to change the people I cannot stand. <laughs> or another one, dear God, my prayer for this coming year is a fat bank account and a thin body. But please don't mix them up like you did last year. <laughs> so that's, that's not Jesus' pattern, but that is the prayer that we might have at the beginning of the year. So why do we pray? You know, most of us, in some form or fashion, there are times in our life when we pray. I think we pray because we want to know God a little better. Or maybe we just want to know what he's thinking. I wonder what God's thinking about this. I want to know. I think oftentimes we pray because we want answers. We need an answer to a, a dilemma, a question that we have. We need, we need help. There's a, a crisis that we're in or a situation where something's gone in a way that we don't like it and we're praying. We say a quick prayer to God, give me help. Oftentimes we're praying because we can't find our keys. And we need help finding our keys. Does that happen to any of you guys or just me? Or I can't find my wallet or my glasses or the remote. God, help me find the remote. Or maybe it's we're praying because we need to pass the test or we need to get the promotion. And that's why we pray. I think we pray most of the time because we want to make life easier for us. That's why we pray. But that's not what Jesus taught. That's, that's actually wanting a Google God or an ATM God or a Santa God. That's not what Jesus was talking about. When Jesus was teaching his disciples, he was not trying to tell them how to have an ATM God or a Google God or a Santa God. What he was, was attempting to do is to help his disciples. And by the way, when he's teaching them, he's teaching us. He's teaching us how to have a meaningful and close relationship with God. Because that is the purpose of prayer. How do we establish or build 
a relationship with him. And prayer is one of the ways that we can get close to God. It's one of the ways that we move in our relationship with him to draw closer to him. So I want us to focus our attention on a passage of Scripture, Matthew 6, verses 5 through 13. It's Matthew 6. If you want to look it up in your paper Bible or if you've got it on a device, either way, that's fine. I'm going to read those verses, Matthew 6, verses 5 through 13. It says this, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, and I invite you to say or read or pray this with me as I read it. Our Father in heaven, say it out loud with me, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is the teaching that Jesus gave. And in this teaching, he gives us keys to having a prayer life or a prayer practice that deepens our relationship with God. And the first key to that is found in verse 6. And it says this, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Have you ever heard that phrase, go into your room and shut the door? I heard that phrase a lot as a kid. And it usually came from my mom. And we didn't call it this back then, but you know what that was? It was time out. So is Jesus actually telling us to take time out? Is he sending us to time out? Yes. That's what he's doing. The first key to, his, to having the prayer practice that deepens our relationship with God is time out. Take time out. Go into your room and shut the door. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. In my, where I go in the mornings, it's my kitchen table. It's a little table in the kitchen. Nobody's in there but me, the coffee pot, my cereal. And I sit. It's quiet. It's me and God. We can talk about anything. You're not there to hear it. Betsy's not there to hear it. It's just me. And I can tell him what I'm feeling. And I can hear from him. The word that Jesus uses there, go into your room, is, is the, like a, a closet or a den or a chamber. It's used that same way. Saying, so just get somewhere where you can have privacy and you can focus. Jesus is actually sending us to time out. In verse 5, he unpacks this a little bit as he's explaining it. He says, this idea, he says, talking about the hypocrites, he says, they stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners. So for some, it was like, that's more like a performance than a prayer, right? And, and the message says it this way, don't turn it into a theatrical production. Don't make it a play. This is something you do 
by yourself. You know, because prayer is not a performance. You're not performing for God. You don't need to do that. You know, Jesus discounted the prayers that other people hear. He said, it's not about praying in front of people. Don't, it's not about what you do at church and everywhere else. It's, it's what you do when you have time out. You know, I, I find myself talking to God at random moments. I pray when I'm running. I pray when I'm driving. I'm, I'm praying in my office. Something comes up and I, I need direction. I need help. I pray in the middle of the night when I wake up and can't go back to sleep because I'm worried about something. I pray before meals. And many times I'm praying in front of you. But none of those, none of those are like what happens when I'm sitting here. It's just me and God. And I'm in time out. And he has my attention and my focus. Not too long ago, I had a friend tell me he was invited to be a part of a men's group, a small group of men that we're going to meet on a regular basis and, and talk about Bible passages and pray together. And he said he declined it because he knew that a part of the experience was going to be to be in this group of people and praying. And he said, he said, I just, I'm not comfortable praying out loud. I'm afraid that I'm going to say something stupid or I'm going to stumble over my words or I don't know exactly how to say it out loud. And I said, first of all, I was shocked that he would feel that way. He has no problem talking to me and we converse easily with him. And I was like, really? That's surprising to me. But on the other hand, it's really not surprising because most people are in the same boat as he is. Most people are really uncomfortable praying out loud. And you know what? Jesus says that's perfectly okay. Out loud prayers don't matter as much as that prayer. This is the prayer that matters. And if you can't pray, I gave him two pieces of advice. I said, well, here's what I want to advise. First of all, you should be a part of the group. And just the first day you walk in, say, I'm setting some ground rules. I don't pray out loud. So don't ask me to pray out loud. I do pray, but I don't pray out loud in a group. So, and I said, and you'll find that there's other people in the group going, me too. Thank you for that. And that's perfectly okay. Second thing I want to give you advice on is, instead of just not participating, write out your prayer ahead of time. Just write it out. And then when it comes your turn, read the prayer. It's your prayer. And then guess what? You'll have a one-up on everybody else because you'll have a record of it. The rest of the people can't remember yesterday, I mean tomorrow, what they prayed yesterday. And you'll have a record of your prayer. So if you're in the same boat as my friend, don't let that keep you from being in a group and don't let that keep you from participating. Most people struggle praying out loud. I struggle often praying out loud. It's hard because you're in front of people and people might misunderstand or not know what you said or you might say something wrong or inappropriate or whatever. It doesn't feel right. But when you're sitting here, I'm in time out. It's just me and God. And I can be myself. I don't have to craft my words some special way. It's just being alone with him. We need time out. Billy Graham said this, Jesus prayed briefly in a crowd. He prayed a little longer when he was with his disciples. And he prayed all night when he was alone. 
praying alone, being in timeout will deepen our relationship with God. It's one of the ways that we develop a closer relationship with God. So key number one is take time out. Jesus said, go to your room and shut the door. Take time out. The second key is found in verse six. And it says this, but when you pray, go to your room and shut the door. And then this, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret, secret will reward you. So Jesus directs us and reminds us that when we pray, we're talking to our Father. That's who we're praying to. That's who we're talking to. We are having with, having, excuse me, a conversation with our Father. There's no need to be apprehensive about this. In fact, the way I say it is we need to take time out, but we also need to move in. Lean into this, move into this conversation with God. It is a conversation with God. When we pray, we are having a conversation with our Father. Talk to Him the same way Jesus did, as a Father. No matter what your relationship has been like with your Father, we all know what a good relationship with a Father is. And that is who we are praying to. We, we have the access, we have the ability to talk to God. He is our Father. We gotta move into that. Don't resist it. So many times we're like, am I doing this because I have to? I don't know the words to say. I don't know how to say it. I don't know what to do. And no, 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 no. This is our Father we're talking to. And we can speak to Him. Verse seven, Jesus actually unpacks this a little bit. He says, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Their practice was there were certain things they had to say. The, the term phrases or empty uh, is actually the term that we would translate as babble. Don't just babble words. Don't just say things that don't have any meaning. There's some who actually um, make reference to this. Jesus was saying, don't, there's no superstitions. There's no like, uh, you don't have to have a magical incantation, something that you have to repeat every time to get God's attention or to get him paid to, to, to do what you want. It's not like you got to say abracadabra or it's a Harry Potter spell or something like that. It's not like that. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is a conversation with our heavenly father and it's, it doesn't need to be a repetition of meaningless phrases. A repetition of meaningless phrases does not impress God. It doesn't mean anything to him. That's not what he's looking for. What he wants is just sincere, honest conversation with him. That's what he wants. That's what develops the closeness, the deepness with our relationship with him. These repetition of meaningless phrases don't do it. And let me encourage you, the most common time that followers of Jesus pray is at mealtime. Because most of us pray at mealtime. That's the most common time that we pray. And most believers, most meals, pray the exact same prayer. And it doesn't mean just because you say the same one that it's meaningless, but I wanna caution you against that. Because it's really easy for it to become meaningless when you're just saying the same words over and over again every single time. Now you can, sometimes it's very meaningful and you can say it and it's great. But let me invite you to mix it up. So maybe take a week and say for one week, every meal, I'm not using any of my go-to phrases. 
I'm gonna change it up. It's gonna feel really awkward. I might stumble over my words, but I have no empty phrases. We, and there's nothing wrong with repeating. Sometimes there are some beautiful, in fact, sometimes I pray scripture. I read a verse and say, this is a verse that I want for my life. God, would you help this come about? Sometimes I pray a song. I hear a lyric that we did in church and I love the lyric that we sang and that becomes my prayer. I'm repeating something that I read or I heard. Sometimes I'm, I've found a lot of prayers. I Google a prayer, a prayer for wisdom, a prayer for whatever, and I, I Google them and there are beautiful prayers online and that's beautiful to do. It's okay to do that if it has meaning to you. He wasn't saying don't repeat something again. He's saying don't make them empty phrases. It's not babble. Make them meaningful phrases. And it's not like you gotta keep going on and on and on. You gotta keep saying it because the longer you pray, the more apt God is to hear it. If you pray a long time, in fact, do you know that the model prayer you can pray in less than 30 seconds? And it's the model that Jesus gave us. Not too long ago, two sisters came up to me. One of them uh, was asked me for prayer and the other one was there. And, and I said, I'm happy to pray. They told me what they needed and I, I, I started praying. And, and I kept praying and I kept praying and I kept praying. And the sister that I wasn't praying for, the other one was kind of like, what's going on? And she just waited until I took a breath and said, amen. <laughs> and she stopped my prayer in mid-prayer. Mid and I'm thinking, you know what? She's right. God doesn't need all of that. I don't, it's not, it doesn't take that long. The model was 30 seconds or less. What God wants with us is simplicity and directness and sincerity. And no matter who you are, all of us know what a healthy relationship with a father is like. And so we, we walk into that healthy relationship and knowing that we have a caring and loving father. There's no fear. There's no shame. We don't need a mediator. We don't need a pastor. We don't need a saint to help us gain access. There's no need to explain or apologize. You know those friends that you have that you cannot see for 10 years and then you see them again and you pick up right where you left off and they don't make fun of you or say, why haven't you called? They, they just pick up right where you left off. That's the kind of friend God is. No matter how long it's been since you sat here, if it's been two days or 10 days or 20 years, there's no shame, no guilt. Sit down and talk to your father. He's our dad. He cares for us. He loves us. And can I just remind you, you are not a bother to God. He's not going, oh, I wish you'd just leave me alone. It's not how he is. He's our heavenly father. And when we move over there and we get alone with him, it brings him great joy. He can't wait for us to sit and speak to him. You know, last week, Pastor David talked about the message version of the Bible that I like so much, and I do like it. It's a commons man Bible, help anybody understand it. And the man who translated that from the Greek and the Hebrew into English, into common English, beautiful poetic English, is a guy named Eugene Peterson. He died in 2018, one of my heroes of the faith. He pastored a small church his whole ministry. 
wrote lots of books. He has a son named Leif. And at a dedication for the New Testament, that when they released the New Testament in the Mezzes version, uh, Leif was invited to speak. And Leif and his dad had this little thing they would always play about that Leif said, Dad, you only have one message. And when people actually find out that you only have one message, they're going to stop reading your books because all of your books only have one message disguised with all this other stuff around it. And all of your sermons only have one message. And so Leif actually at this dedication and then again at his memorial service, he read this poem he had written for his dad about this one message and it ends this way. You only have one message and you've been fooling everyone. And I know your message because for 50 years you've been telling me the secret. For 50 years you've stealed into my room at night and you've whispered softly to my sleeping head. It's the same message over and over again and you don't vary it one bit. And this is what you said. God loves you. God is on your side. He's coming after you. He is relentless. That is the God that we sit and talk to when we pray. And that's the picture I want you to have of our Heavenly Father. He's chasing after us and He's relentless. And that's the Father that we pray to. Well, the last key that Jesus offered to us is actually found in the model prayer in verse 10. And it says this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's asking for God's kingdom and God's will in his life. And the way, the key is that we line up with what God is doing. We align ourselves with him. Some years ago, there was a I don't know if it was a sticker or a, an ad or something that came out that was something said some prayer changes thing, but mostly prayer changes me. And when I read that, I, I was confused by that. I go, you know, when I'm praying, I mean, I guess sometimes I'm praying for me, but most of the time I'm praying God will change other people. I'm praying God will change my circumstances. I'm praying God will change the outcome or, you know, I'm rarely saying God changed me. It's about, well, what, what else can God change? But Jesus actually demonstrates, how is it that prayer changes us? You know how prayer changes us? Prayer gives us the opportunity to align our will to God's will. It's when we, we seek to say to God, not my way, but your way. It's, it's where Jesus invites us to be a part of God's plan. It's, prayer is, is aligning ourselves to the Father's will, not imposing our will upon Him. It's saying, how can I align to what you want for me? How can I pattern my life the way you want me to pattern it? You know, this is really the act of surrender. Do you know that? That's it's saying, not my way, but your way. It's the act of surrender. And Jesus is teaching us that at the core of the, of the life of following Jesus, the essence of what it means to follow Jesus is to surrender our will. It's saying, Jesus, not my plans, not my will, not my desires, but yours. 
I wanna do what you tell me to do. I don't, I don't want to be the obstacle to your will being accomplished today and here. I don't wanna be the one that keeps your will from happening. And prayer changes us because it changes our will. We change from what we wanted to do to what God wants us to do. And I've seen people do this and miraculous things happen. People do things you would never do in any other circumstance. But somehow they start following God. They start aligning their lives with what God wants them to do and they take steps and do things. You go, I can't believe they did that. Like they give money away to the church and to the kingdom and start supporting things. And everybody in our culture wants to keep, 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 keep. Followers of Jesus start aligning themselves to the will of God. They start giving and giving and giving and finding places to give. There are people who are giving more of their money away than they're keeping. You don't do that unless you're following Jesus and he's calling you to surrender, to give and to serve, to suffer. I've seen people love in hard places following Jesus. I've seen people go and forgive and trust and resist when they needed to because they surrendered their will to the Father's will. This foundation that Jesus taught of surrender, this idea of saying, not my will, but your will. Jesus demonstrated beautifully himself the Garden of Gethsemane. The day before he was crucified, he went to this garden. It's just across the eastern gate in Jerusalem. There's a valley in between it. And it's called the Garden of Gethsemane near the Mount of Olives. And when we go to Israel, we're going again in March. Some of you, I can see your faces. You've been with us there. It's one of the most sacred places I've ever been. Because in that place, Jesus went with some friends. He asked three of his best friends to go with him. And he said, hey, you guys stay here and I'm gonna go a little further for time out where I can be with God by myself. And then he said to God, there's any other way for this to happen let this cup pass Jesus prayed that and then he followed it with not my will but your will be done same phrase he taught his disciples to pray some three years earlier He's in the garden the day before he was crucified. And he's still begging God, is there any way? But not my will. Your will be done. Surrender to the plan of God. Where would it be in your life? Is there a relationship you need to step into or step away from? Is there an opportunity? It doesn't have to be suffering. It doesn't have to be hard. Maybe it's fear has gripped you and you're afraid to step into what God wants you to do.
Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's trust. Oh, that we could go to this place, block out the world, and say to our Father, move in close to Him. Say, not my will, your will be done. I'm gonna walk where you tell me to walk. I'm gonna take the step you tell me to take. Dream what you tell me to dream and do what you tell me to do. Not my will, your will be done. So you know, last week, Pastor David invited us to take a 40-day challenge for the next, as of last Sunday, for the next 40 days to spend a few minutes reading scripture, one or two verses. Now we're going to add a prayer component to that and invite you to be a part of that with us. If you're watching today online or on TV 45, you can find all of these resources either by texting the word FIRST to 40777 or just go to our website, firstorlando.com, and you can find it there. And it'll lead you each day. There's a reminder you can get, but all the content is on our website. And today, we're going to do a homework assignment in class. Can we do that together? And so what I'm going to do, we're going to go to timeout together. You can't go anywhere, but we're going to have timeout. I'm just going to invite you to close your eyes. And this is just to block out any distraction. When Jesus, just eyes closed and listen to me, when Jesus was in Gethsemane, He said something to his disciples when he came back to find them, the three friends that were with him, they were asleep. And he said, couldn't you stay with me for one hour? And that happened three different times. This idea, could we give God one hour? Just one hour. So I did the math. I divided one hour over the 40 days. It's about 90 seconds in prayer. So what if we just spent two minutes praying? What if we said, I'm going to take two minutes and pray, what would it be like? So step number one is time out. Eliminate the distractions around you. Doesn't matter where your mind is right now. Just nothing that you can see or hear that would distract you. And I'm going to lead us through this. Today's Bible verse is John 14, 27. Now this is God speaking to us, our heavenly father, Jesus actually said these words on earth, but it's from them, from our creator. I want you to move into what he is saying. Here's what he says. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I want you to remember, God loves you. God is on your side. God is coming after you. And he is relentless. Move in. Quietly in your heart, I want you to say these words just quietly to yourself. God loves me. God is on my side. God is coming after me. He is relentless. Even if you don't believe it, 
even if you can't feel it yet, say those words to yourself. God loves me. God is on my side. God is coming after me. And he is relentless. And then I want you to line up. I want you to ask God. God, help me receive the peace that you give. In your own words, however you want to say it. Invade my life with your peace. Tell God you don't want your heart to be troubled. That he would calm your heart. Thank you that he wants to do that. Thank him that he wants to do that. Tell God you don't want to be afraid. In your own words, however it feels right to you, quietly in your heart. You don't want to be afraid. You don't want to be troubled. And tell him, may your will be done today on earth with me as it is in heaven. However that feels for you, you say it. And amen. Thank you so much for being a part of that with us today. Now, you have about 33 or so days to go. If you want to sign up for it, text FIRST to 40777. Each day we'll send you a reminder. You can go to our website as well. And let me encourage you. Take time out. Move into who God is and who he wants to be in your life. And line up with his purposes for us. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you back next week. Pastor David will continue the series next Sunday. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.